John 1, 1-14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. That wonderful passage we've been hearing over the last few weeks through Advent as we're reflecting on Jesus, the word, the life, and the light. And today, third Sunday of Advent, it's we're thinking of Jesus as the light of the world. At Christmas, we often hear that wonderful prophecy in Isaiah of the coming Messiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep, deep darkness, a light has dawned. God's anointed one, the Messiah, for whom the Jewish people had been waiting for centuries, was to bring light into the dark world of oppression, pain, and fear. And then along comes Jesus. And twice in John's Gospel, Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world. First in John 8, and the, it, the context is the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, which is one of the three main Jewish pilgrimages uh, to Jerusalem. And one of the rituals on the first day of the week of this festival, there's a procession of torches and uh, they light a huge menorah in the temple. Uh, it would have been quite a spectacle with this candlestick with its seven branches. And it was a reminder of God leading the Israelites through the wilderness by a pillar of fire by night. But it was also looking forward to that coming Messiah as prophesied 
in Isaiah, who would be the light of the world. And it was in the temple, as the people had been celebrating this Thanksgiving festival and expressing their longing for the coming Messiah with the great candlestick alight, that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Essentially claiming to be the Messiah himself whom they've been waiting for. That was quite a claim in that context. And as with so many of Jesus' teachings, light is such a great metaphor, isn't it? Just think of the types of lights that you can think of. A searchlight, seeking out the lost. Firelight, bringing comfort and warmth to the heart. A lighthouse, warning of danger. Fairy lights, bringing joy and a bit of celebration to your, to your life. The nightlight, dispelling fear. Torchlight, showing the way through the dark place. The streetlight, protecting you from harm. And floodlights, just bringing clarity to everything around. Today, I'm just going to focus on a few aspects of light and to make it nice and easy for you to remember, we're going to have an acrostic going to spell out light, L-I-G-H-T. Okay, so L, a bit of a quiz. What do you think L's going to stand for? It's life. I know it could stand for light. That would be cheating. L for life. L speaks of life. I know Rod was here a few weeks ago speaking in detail about life. In verse 4, John says in his opener, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. I'm not going to say very much about life because, as I say, Rod spoke about it a few weeks ago. But just, again, to use that analogy, in our physical, material world, how necessary is light for life to flourish? I was given an African violet by my sister as a gift a couple of years ago. It was in in full flower. It was beautiful. And it sat on the fireplace. And I'm amazed that after three years, it's still alive. But after that first flush of flowers, I was then just left with the furry, fleshy leaves. Not a flower head in sight. It's actually quite a boring plant. Um, It was not living life to its full potential, and I was very disappointed. So I looked it up online, as you do. Uh, It's not enough to water the plant. It needs to be in direct light. So a few months ago, I moved it near the French windows, and lo and behold, there's some flower heads on my African violet. It's looking beautiful again. I'm so excited about it. And now that's how life is supposed to be for that plant. In John 10.10, it's Darcy's strapline. It's the, the motto for All Saints Academy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The Greek word zoe meaning life. I've spoken about that before, that Jesus promises it's not just a living, breathing, blood-flowing, physical life, but spiritual life. When we seek out and remain in the light of Christ by coming to him in prayer and worship daily, we can experience life that speaks of animation and vitality in which we're connected with God, thrilled with his love, energized by his spirit. Indeed, Jesus says, I am the life, and it's Jesus in us, welling up within, 
life in abundance, life as God intended, rich in love and joy and peace, full of light and holy fulfilling. So Jesus, light of the world, brings life. I speaks of, any guesses? Hmm, a few frowns I see out there. Illumination, how's that? Oh, yeah, good, huh? Verse 7, John came to testify to the light so that through him all might believe. Another messianic prophecy in Isaiah 42 speaks of the Messiah, who was the anointed one, as to be a light to the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind. Now, the second time Jesus identifies himself as the Messiah and claims to be the light of the world is in John 9, when he heals a man born blind. He spits on mud, makes a paste and wipes it on the man's eyes and then tells him to go and wash. And he can see! The man is questioned by the religious leaders in quite a bullying way. They couldn't accept what had happened and what it might mean. But the man himself could now not only see physically, but he could see spiritually. Because in answer to their badgering questions, this is his response. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And then later when the man met up with Jesus again, the man said to him, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus came to help the blind to see, literally and figuratively, bringing a revelation about God to open people's spiritual eyes, to recognise God for who he is and to bring them into relationship with him. It's Christ, the light of the world, who brings illumination and helps people see spiritual truths. And people who come to Christ speak of seeing the whole world in a new way too. Their eyes, as their eyes are open to God, so they are opened to a new reality, a revelation, a light of understanding, like that light bulb in a thought, in a thought bubble. So Jesus, the light of the world, brings illumination. G. What do you think? You'd think so, wouldn't you? That would be the obvious one. Glory. G speaks of glory. We have seen his glory. This is verse 14. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now, I don't know how you imagine glory, but for me, it's about just shining with immense brightness, light emanating forth with brilliance and splendor, dazzling to the eyes, more than you can imagine or describe. When Moses asked to look upon God's glory, he was told he could not see it and live. It was too much for him, so God hid his face as he passed by. Perhaps you might imagine the transfiguration of Jesus. In Matthew's account, he says, He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Or Luke describes it. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. He appeared in glorious splendor. That was a one-off occasion for Jesus. Generally speaking, Jesus didn't go around looking like lightning. Um, Despite the artist's impressions of him with this lovely halo around his head, 
and yet his life still glorified God. I've heard glory described as holiness made manifest. Holiness made manifest. In Hebrews 1, we're told how Jesus is the is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. God with skin on, if you like. So his lifestyle, his words, his interactions, his deeds, his very being is holiness personified. Jesus demonstrates God's glory. So Jesus, the light of the world, reveals the glory of God. H speaks of hope. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This has been an exceptionally tumultuous year, full of war and crisis in the world, and there's much going on in the news to distress us, let alone for many of us experiencing personal loss or pain or going through the darkness of despair or doubt. And it's good to be reminded that there is hope that the light of Christ can shine even in the darkest places. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? Psalm 23, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Our eyes are drawn to the light in a dark room. If there's even only a flicker of light, you cannot miss it. Christ's light is not just a mere flicker. It's an unwavering flame that can dispel every shadow. I've spoken before of the power of the story of Peter walking on water. I know it's a, not a light analogy, it's a water analogy, but it's still a great story. And it's a very similar theme, really, because when Peter looked at the wind and the waves around him, he started to sink. But when he fixed his eyes above the wind and the waves and focused on Jesus and reached out to him, he is the only man in history that we know, apart from Jesus, who walked on water. In times of uncertainty and fear, we need to look to the light and not be intimidated by the darkness of the situation. I'm minded again of an analogy of a plant, the sunflower, which I understand. I've not seen, but I understand it follows the, the sun as it goes through the day, turning its head. Maybe that's how we should be. So at Advent also, we look to the second coming of Christ, when we are promised that there will be an end to the power of darkness, when it's prophesied there will be no more mourning, no more crying, no more death. The vision of a new heaven and a new earth, when the glory of God will be the light for all, when the lion will lie with a lamb, when we'll beat swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Oh, for that day to come. That is my hope. Jesus the light of the world brings hope. And tea. Truth. Truth. Oh, that would be a good one. That's not what I've chosen, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but light does bring truth, doesn't it? It's like lighting up, making things visible and real. I've chosen transformation. Light brings transformation. Verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those who accept Jesus, who believe and follow him, become God's children. The Bible calls it being born again. It says we're made new creations. It says the old has gone and the new has come. We are transformed. 
I mentioned the halo for Jesus in the paintings, but also the paintings of saints have halos, don't they? When Moses went up the mountain to meet God, he was there for 40 days, and when he returned to the people, his face was shining so much that he couldn't look upon him, and he had to put a veil over his face. By being in the presence of God, Moses became a little more like him. He reflected God's glory. We too are saints, and we should reflect the glory of God. But more than that, when we come to Christ and accept him as our saviour, not only can we reflect his glory, but he promises to live within us by his spirit. So we should radiate the very presence of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? The light of Christ is within us. Stephen, in Acts chapter 6, a man full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, when he was confronted by the Jewish authorities just before his stoning, the people saw his face was like that of an angel. Light shone from within him. Twice we hear Jesus saying that he is the light of the world. But in Matthew's gospel, on the Sermon on the Mount, we also hear Jesus say, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. We're not just talking about a halo, but a ready brick glow, for those of you that remember that old advert. With the light of Christ within us, we are to bring light to the world around us. As we are transformed by Christ, by his spirit within us, so we are called to bring transformation to the world in which we live. And it struck me in that passage about the city and the lamp, the city can't be hidden because it's a collection of lights. You could hand, uh, hide an individual lamp. Together, as lights shining, we are brighter. So the, the power of the church as a shining light in the world is something we should be thinking about. So together we are to transform the world about us by enhancing life for others, sharing illumination, revealing God's glory and bringing hope into this dark world. Amen.